You're listening to the Things You Don't Hear in Church podcast, a show where your hosts, Darian and Ethan, discuss the controversial topics often avoided by the church. They also discuss culture, society, and everyday goofs. And now, Darian and Ethan. Good morning. We are live. Or afternoon. Or night, whatever you're listening to. Good afternoon, good evening, good night. Good day, sir. Yep. This episode is brought to you by this blue cup. Miller Lite. <laughs> Miller Lite's trash. I actually never had Miller Lite, but if it's anything like Bud Light, it tastes very bad. We're changing the name of our podcast to Things You Don't Drink in Church. It's only, yeah, it's everything but wine. Yeah, so. yeah, everything but wine. <laughs> we just tell you all the things but wine. We well, know it's things you don't podcast. drink in church. Yeah, they I drink said. wine, I so we'd have to talk about all the alcohols that aren't drank in church. That's what I said, yeah, things you don't drink in church, and yeah. we, we're talking about beers. You yeah. don't drink beer in church. Okay, so real quick, you should have... Um, well, I was going to say Pacifico. That's a good one. Mm. Caveat episode, drinking's not inherently evil. No, what's the one you guys <laughs> always have? You and uh, you guys always get the... Pacifico. No, is it a Pacifico... Uh... Or Modelo. No, no, no. I think it's the Modelo... Um... What's the fruit called? The mango thing? Mango, yeah, yeah, That's yeah. a new one we started getting. Is that, I think it's, is I don't... that Pacifico? No, it's like... I think it's a local thing to Hawaii, maybe. Oh, it's a good one. I like that one. That's a flex, right? Yeah. It's a local Hawaiian brew that we just get <laughs> on the weekly... That's a good beer. That's a really good one. It's nice. I like it. Yeah. Um, wait, did you guys hear that? No buzz. No buzz. No guys. buzz. We got new mic. <laughs> new we got mic. new mic. Not a new mic. <laughs> we got new mic. Well, you wasted. You, the audience, has have wasted two minutes listening to us talk nonsense. We've <laughs> we've been wasting your time. So uh, we're the things you don't hear in church podcasts and. We talk about the gray areas of the Christian faith that you don't often mm-hmm. hear about, or maybe you have questions about and don't have answers for, or can't yep. find answers, and we like to be a resource, just to um, maybe to just be another pointer to God and to truth. Yep. Um, we think that, or we know that God's not afraid of those hard questions, and so mm-hmm. we want to bring some biblical thinking to those things. Excuse me. And um, today we're going to be talking about some possible controversy in scripture that people have been pointing out in the last few years regarding yeah. the translation of the word homosexuality. Mm-hmm. Right. And so in the Old Testament, there's a certain translation from it and a cultural understanding that people are trying to say, oh, it's not necessarily about what we consider homosexuality, but it's about something else. And then the mm-hmm. New Testament words and all this stuff. Yeah. And so we're just going to share our thoughts on it, hopefully bring some biblical clarity. Mm-hmm. Um, we ask that you guys like we want you to hear our hearts on this, that we're not just coming out. and We're not saying like being gay is evil. That's not our mm-hmm. heart. That's not. We don't think the Bible is necessarily saying that the Bible, I would, and, and we'll get to this later, but I would say the Bible says being practicing homosexuality is a sin, and sin is evil in nature, but that goes against God. So if you want to say that, I guess you could, but that doesn't mean that God is, uh, is like hating you, mm. or that he's rejecting you, or that you can't repent and come find grace, mm. right? Whenever we're talking about things that go against the nature and character of God, we're talking about sin, and so whether it's homosexuality or alcoholism or gossip, it's all it's all against God's nature and character, right? Mm-hmm. And we want to stand up for truth in love, and so we don't want to just be so grace-filled that we don't call out truth, and we don't want to be so truth-filled without grace that we then offend everyone, mm-hmm. right? And so please listen to this episode with um, an open heart and open mind and ready to hear what maybe God wants to say or bring some truth. Yeah. So this um, sort of controversy or even revelation among like a lot of young people started on TikTok maybe a year ago or something, six months ago or something Has like TikTok that. Has TikTok been around for a year? Oh yeah, dude. TikTok's been around for probably like five or six years. 
but it was just called like musically or something like that. Oh, I don't remember, no, it could it could be less time than that. I I honestly don't know. I, I mean, you're the one who has TikTok, bro. If I was out of time, that, TikTok's so. one of the best apps I've ever had. Just so you guys know, <laughs> fully fully love it and embrace it. Um, so <laughs> this kind of started on TikTok, and it was all these people, or I I guess I shouldn't say started. It was popularized on TikTok, and it was the idea that. Um, in both the New Testament and the Old Testament, specifically in the Old Testament, um, in Leviticus 18.22, uh, I think it was, maybe it was 19.22. I'll look at it in a second. But um, it was somewhere in there, and it's talking about how God calls practicing homosexuality an abomination, right? And so the main controversy was, um, well, let me, just, let me just read the, the part of the verse um, so I can get it right. It's uh, mm-hmm. Leviticus 18.22. You shall not lie with a male as with a woman. It is an abomination. So that's the main like section of that verse that people really started talking about. And there was this, um, there was this study done by, or I should say um, a paper published by, I think it's called Queer uh, Hermeneutics that put it out. I'm not sure if they're the originator of it, hmm. but it was one of the most popular ones that I found when researching the topic um, that I originally heard on TikTok. But it, it was, it's the main idea, at least at the beginning, of this Levitic, Leviticus verse that the word for male there is different than the word for female there, and that it might be talking about pedophilia, mm-hmm. like homosexual pedophilia, rather than... Um, rather than just homosexuality and that homosexuality and like adult with adult. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That homosexuality actually isn't, um, a sin. It was just talking about, um, like in the surrounding verse, it's talking mm-hmm. about really perverse things. And they were saying, well, homosexuality actually wasn't super abnormal. There and wasn't super perverse. So like that would, that shouldn't be in the category of like this list of things they're naming off, like bestiality and stuff like that. What they're actually talking about is pedophilia, which would be more taboo. Um, and should actually be in the list, and that's what they're talking about, and actually homosexuality. Um, mm. Do you have anything to say on it before I like get into the specifics of at least the Leviticus verse? Um, not necessarily. Um, coming, anything coming to my mind? Nope. All right. So, just to get into this a little bit, um, I have seen a few people on TikTok. I don't want to mention their names, so I'll sort of mention the names of the people that wrote the actual, like, articles with abstracts and actual, like, content in them that I think a lot of these people take from when I'm sort of referencing these arguments. Again, I think it was made popular on TikTok. Um, at least that's where it has become very popular. And even gives some more backstory. Like, this is probably one of the main held views of a lot of young Christians now just because of TikTok. Like, mm. like these videos that people put out have, like, millions and millions and millions of views on them. And I think it's is becoming one of the most widely held beliefs of um, of young Christians now. We had uh, people on our, on our Instagram reach out to us and say, like, hey, can you cover this? Because I'm hearing about it all the time. And it's true. Like, we hear about it all the time. I've seen multiple videos on TikTok of this happening. I've seen lots of articles about this. I've had friends hit me up even um, on my personal accounts on TikTok talking about it as well. I think it's really interesting. Um, and when I first went into it and studying it, I um, – I went into it with the mindset of if this is the correct interpretation of the Bible, I want to believe it, right? I'm not married to what I believe in that I, like my uh, original belief was that, you know, the action is a sin. The attraction is not a sin, right? Of homosexuality. Um, And that's what we both believe. And so that's how I was going into it. But I wasn't holding that so tight that I was like, well, 
like this has to be the way I'm trying to just fight against this viewpoint. I watched the videos on TikTok and I was like, wow, like if that is the correct way to interpret it, I want to start interpreting the Bible that way and like through um, um, that way of seeing these verses. So I'll kind of start talking about how they interpret it and the different words that they use to interpret different parts of it. And at least for the Leviticus verse, and we'll get into the more of the New Testament verses later, but Levi the Leviticus verse, I'll read it again, is Leviticus 18.22, you shall not lie with a male as with a woman. It is an abomination. So they would take the, you shall not lie as a male, um, and the word for male there, I wrote it down somewhere. I got you. Somewhere. If you I can't it find down. it. Um, oh, it's, uh, Zakar, I think. Not going to pronounce that right, but Zakar, which they were arguing in a lot of other translations doesn't give an age to it and is in a lot of places translated to mean boy or like young person, right? It's trans. You want to know how many places it's translated boy? Yeah. Yeah. Twice. Yeah. Yeah. So not, <laughs> not a lot, but the point is that the, the word isn't used a ton and that, <laughs> it was translated to mean boy a couple times so that saying like giving the context and saying like this um, ageless male could mean it was a, a man. And then for the second part where it says woman, the word used for woman um, was esha uh, or isha, which is means an adult woman. So they're saying an age is given for the woman Right, but an age is not given for the man. So the argument was because of the context of the list that was given and that the woman was an adult, or at least uh, sleeping with someone as a woman, as a, a female woman, so having intercourse with a female woman, you shouldn't have intercourse with a ageless uh, man, right? And the, so the argument was that this was more talking about a boy because that would be more taboo with this list rather than talking about um, a woman because it was obvious that the the woman was an adult and it wasn't obvious of the age of the boy in the verse mm -hmm. do you have any thoughts when it comes to that Epen. um Epen. Epen. <laughs> um as you were talking i was looking up the word you guys should get this app it's called well the app's called strong's kjv but you don't have to get the kjv version it's just a strong's concordance on your phone and so I like looked up the word real quick. Oh, um, do they have non KJV versions? Yeah, I have the NAS NASB. And I had to pay for it, so uh. I spent like probably thirty dollars on resources in it. Yeah. But I have like two commentaries and uh, whatnot. I've been using Blue Letter Bible, and it's KJV, and it's really is it hard. only KJV on yeah, your Blue Letter Bible? At least, well, maybe With I'm the app? maybe I'm dumb. Maybe I'm really dumb. On the website, you can change it. But so. it, on the app, I've just been using the KJV. <laughs> and I couldn't figure out a way to change it. But I've been using I've been using it like that for like four years, like hey, for a long you're time. A that's, that's how I've been using it. Yeah, Blue Letter Bible. Blue Blue letter Bible is the way to go, man. Yeah, that's the way to go. Um, so the, that word Zakar for male, um, that people say it can be translated boy, which, yeah, in one sense, like the Strong's definition. Now, um, Strong's is a good place to start for understanding um, different definitions, but it's not the best resource out there. Yeah. But the Strong's um, does say, it can, so these are all of it. It says, properly remembered, that is, a male of man or animals, and it says, as being the most noteworthy sex. <laughs> so, um, wow. That's just this definition. I'm not making any commentary <laughs> on that. <laughs> but it says, X, him, male, man, child, kind. But mm. then the Browns uh, driver Briggs definition, which is another uh, re resource, says, male of human and animal, 
adjective male of humans mm-hmm. and then the usage by word so zakar so this app shows me all the uses by like different translations mm-hmm. and whatnot it's translated boy twice and it's in isaiah and jeremiah i'm pretty sure both are prophecies about jesus whereas the word male just in general male has 56 uses throughout the old testament mm-hmm. and it's like when um god created man his own image the image of god he created him male and f- female he created them male and female um of every kind of living flesh, you shall bring two of every kind of the ark and keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female of the birds in the sky by seven, male and female. So this is, word is basically just saying the male sex. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, more often than not. Yeah. And now that, that just because it's more often than not doesn't necessarily mean that in Leviticus it means exactly that. Yeah. But I would say knowing the whole context of scripture, knowing the, the totality of what the Bible is saying mm-hmm. and what the Bible talks about with marriage, which we can get into... I would say that it was it, it makes more sense that it lands on male in general and not just mm-hmm. a boy because boys it's only used as boy twice and it says before she travailed she brought forth before her pain came she mm-hmm. gave birth to a boy. I forget exactly what that it talks about maybe Jesus. And then in Jeremiah it says curse be the man who brought the news to my father saying a baby boy has been born to you mm-hmm. and made him very happy. That's also probably not about Jesus now that I think about it cuz Jeremiah's called the weeping prophet so he's probably just lamenting about something. Yeah, I have to study that. Yeah. But uh, all that to say, this word more often than not means male mm-hmm. or man without any age restrictions. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I was listening to a, a video when I was studying this topic a little bit ago, um, and it was this Jewish guy who, like, m- only reads the Bible or mainly reads the Bible in Hebrew, like actual Hebrew. Oh, that's awesome. And of course, not the original Hebrew because it doesn't exist anymore. Um, but like the Hebrew that we have today, right. Or the Hebrew that the English was translated from mm-hmm. or the Greek too, that was, uh, or not the Greek, but that it was translated from. Yeah. Um, and he was saying, he was responding to someone else's, um, video on it. And this person in the video, which is a very popular opinion on this topic is that part of this verse, this passage was lost. And so the original meaning was actually lost. And that's why people think that it means homosexuality, but actually like if you look at the verses and the, the names, it was talking about pedophilia and he was responding and he says like, Listen, I only read like the Bible in Hebrew, and this word for male, and or the word for female, just means an adult woman. So like having actual intercourse with an adult woman, and the male doesn't have any connotation to age or even species. He's like it could be like a male bird. Yeah. And he was saying of any age. So he's saying the point is, like of this verse, is that there's nothing lost. It's a complete sentence, and it means what it means. That a male of any age. In any species, sleeping with another male of as any, a woman of any age of any species is a sin, yeah. or is an abomination. Right, right. And so he's saying nothing is lost here, nothing is is misunderstood. He's like, I only read this in Hebrew, and it makes absolute sense that the point of this word not having an age or a species on it is be, to be all inclusive, and then the woman is to show what the act is, the act of intercourse, and then mm. so it's the having sex or intercourse with. A male to male of any age, um, right. of any species would be right. would be the point. Interesting. Yeah, and so that's just his opinion. Of course, he's not a scholar, or he's not like a, a well known <laughs> scholar at least. Um, so there are like actual scholars that do hold this viewpoint. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna name a couple of the people that I was reading from the like biblical scholars that do find this um, or do think at this point. And one is um, Jacob Milgorn, and the other one is uh, Renato Lings. And they both say basically what we've already said, right? They infer that the word used for male is a young male because it's translated 
um, this way in a couple other passages, and they infer the, the word female is for an adult woman, uh, connotating intercourse. And so they say the same things. They just come to a different conclusion. Basically what they're doing is they're saying, we think that the translators mistranslated this verse, and they just decided it should be like sex with another man, like an adult man. Because it was translated that way in other times, right? Like in the mm. New... Uh, or not in the New Testament, but in other times that this Hebrew word was used in the Old Testament. But we think because it was translated two other times to mean boy, we think because of the context, it would make more sense that it would mean pedophilia. And I don't think... Well, I mean, I don't know these guys. Um, I've watched a video from one of them. But I don't think that like they have malintent by doing this. I think they have legitimate concerns saying like, hey, like it seems maybe this is a little bit out of line when it comes to like this list of things and seem like homosexuality is that weird because of our culture. Um, hmm. So they're inferring that homosexuality was normal then and it's not as normal now, right? And that pedophilia was less normal then um, and is still less normal now, right? And so they hmm. were saying it shouldn't make sense on that list of things that were given in Leviticus, of things that were an abomination, because they're inferring that homosexuality was a normal practice then. The problem is that there's absolutely zero historical evidence for the time of Leviticus as to the culture of homosexuality, at least in the Jewish culture, right? Because this, right. this is the law written to Jewish people. Right, and that's what I was thinking, like... It's not like written to the Greeks or something like that, yeah, where it, homosexuality it, might be a little more acceptable. Right, and the, in Greek culture it was. Like, right. That was very commonplace for uh, an adult man to yeah. have a young boy come and help him with things, and they would teach... Like, the idea was that... it was It's weird, but the idea was that, like, this older man would teach a younger man the ways of sex, yeah. and the way of manhood, and they, that included sex. But I would... I'm, I'm very... And I have, I'm not, like, an expert on Hebrew culture, but I would be very cautious to say that that would be the norm in Hebrew culture. Yeah. And also, we can just go off with this real quick. Like, in from the very very beginning of the scriptures, which was the Jewish Hebrew scriptures, well, it's a Hebrew because Jews didn't exist till around the turn of the century. Mm. But, like, in the Old Testament time, around Leviticus, around the time when they were becoming a people, the Hebrews, the God that they served, Yahweh, who we serve as Christians, said that marriage would be for a man and a woman, and a, mm. and a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. Yeah. Right, and that was the picture of of relationship. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Excuse me. And so, because of that, I think we can just take that in understanding how the Hebrews were, and they mm-hmm. believed that, like, they they had the law to follow, and they also were called to be separate than the nations around them. A lot of laws back then that didn't that don't make sense to us now. For instance, like the dietary laws. A lot of people think it was for basic health because, like, pork is a really unclean yeah. meat, so that God said, "Hey, don't eat that." Also, because all the other nations around them sacrificed pork. Yeah. And so God wanted distinction between them and the nations. Now, the other nations also sacrificed ox and all those other things and, well, babies. Mm-hmm. But um, God wanted his people to be separate. And so mm-hmm. I don't see if it was a culture, if it was a normal cultural thing for the area, it wouldn't be a far stretch to say that God would say, hey, don't do that. Yeah. Um, because I don't want you to. I want you to be different. And also, you can just look at the science of it. If, if everything about God, if we're talking about the philosophy of God now and just going off on this real quick. Um, and if I get off the t- off topic, let me know. Mm-hmm. But just think about who God is. If God is the cause of all life, it would seem that anything that resists life or, or doesn't cause life would be against his nature in a way. And homosexuality doesn't ultimately lead to life. You can look at the statistics of the people in those relationships and see the damage there, but also just like practically and reproductively, it doesn't 
create life, mm. you know, and as far as sex goes, you know. And so mm. that's just one thought where it's like, okay, maybe it could mean pedophilia, but that doesn't dismiss the fact that homosexuality is still an, a, a sin. Mm. Yeah, I think that's pretty debatable. Like, um, a lot of people would say it's because of the oppression of, like, the homosexual homosexual relationships, which is why they have, like, um, high abuse rates and depression rates and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But who knows? Like, it's it's hard to know. And there is some merit in that where, yeah, as a society, we could do better about making them not feel so terrible. Yeah. Right? Like, we should surround them and say, hey, we care about you as individuals, as people. Mm-hmm. We want to help you out. We shouldn't, like, do things that make them feel like they're the worst individuals in yeah. the world. Absolutely. Right? So there is some merit there, but I also think there... I wonder if... There, I wonder, and I, that's why I say I wonder, because I don't... I'm not an expert on it, but I wonder if there's some psychology behind it about, like, when a man and a man are in a, a relationship that's inappropriate, what that does to the brain. It'd be interesting. Um, getting back on topic, I think there's two... Um, there's two arguments that they also mentioned that I want to mention before I move on that go along with this Leviticus verse, and one is... Um, it's they're less about the the words used in Leviticus and more why we care about the verse still, right? Um, one would be, and this is, I think, kind of a funny argument, but that the term or the word homosexuality wasn't created until the English language. And mm. I would say, well, that's fine. They're not using the word homosexuality. They're saying a man sleeping with a man like he would a woman, right? Mm-hmm. Like this right. means homosexual. We're just using the word that works in English for what right. the scene is describing, right? Right. So I think that argument is kind of yeah, simply heard... defeated. Yeah, when I was looking this into this too, I saw that as well. Like the Germans didn't have a word for homosexual homosexuality until very recently in history, yeah. and very recently means like a couple hundred years. Yeah. And then also same with English, it was even sooner. Mm-hmm. And so. They would say, like, the early English translations of the Bible don't say that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, yeah, they don't have that word. Yeah. So. They used a the, different word. Yeah, the idea there. explained it. Yeah. 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 All in all, the idea is that the Bible outlines how to have proper relationships. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we can discuss different points. Because, like, I think the word Paul used for homosexuality in the New Testament, he basically created that word. Because there mm-hmm. wasn't a word in his culture for yeah. what he was getting at. And so he just combined two words to mean something. Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely. And I don't think that's too uncommon. I'm pretty sure Luke made up a word as well in mm-hmm. his gospel. Yeah, very interesting. So the second um, argument that I've heard around this Leviticus verse is, why do we even care about it? Like we've thrown out like a lot of the other parts of the law. Why can't we just throw that part out now? Because we live in a different mm. culture than they lived in then. They had different rules, different laws. You can talk about progressive morality. You can talk about why we don't follow those things anymore. So why should we even follow that? Like why isn't it okay? Like for people to be gay now and to be in those relationships and act on um, just like your your God given like born in, like uh, impulses that you have now. Like why do we have to listen to what these old verses said to a culture and a people that we aren't? Right. Um, well, the first thing I would say is, excuse me, while I get situated, that's not what I would say. Um, the first thing I'd say is like, in what you said, you said the God given impulse. Mm-hmm. I would ask them do you think those impulses are God-given? Mm-hmm. You know, if it, the Bible says, don't do this, and you have a desire, just because your desire is there doesn't necessarily mean that it's from God. Right. And then I would say... We have a lot of impulses like that. Right, exactly. I would say, I have the same thing. Like, I am a straight male who has impulses to lust after women. Yep. I'm not allowed to act on those. We've said that before on the podcast before, where it's like, the idea, like, like um... The, our, our brothers and sisters in the homosexual community or the LGBTQ community have these impulses, but the impulses don't justify the behavior. Yeah. Right. Cause then I could rob a bank and it would be fine. At what point do we stop? Yeah. yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And so 
just refresh me on the whole premise of the question. Yeah, so why do we have to follow what's said in Leviticus in in these verses if we threw out most of the law anyway? Right. right? Yeah, well, then I would go, and there's the whole teaching on the law, then where the law of God is broken up basically into three different parts where there's a civil law that God gave Israel, Mm -hmm. there's a moral law for humanity, Mm -hmm. and then there's a sacrificial law, right? And so a, a lot of laws that we don't follow now were civil laws for Israel Yeah. where... That was just hey, you're here's how to operate as a nation because the yeah. the Israelites were a slave, were an enslaved people in Egypt mm-hmm. coming out of a rebellion. Like they like toppled this empire and then they were out in the wilderness. Yeah, so they never had their own nation. They were never a people group. And now God's yep. like, all right, you don't know how to be a people group. Right, I'm going to teach you and His right. goodness. They became a people group in slavery. Right, so they never had any of these rules. Right. And then the sacrificial system was like, okay, here's how to atone for your sins because mm-hmm. your humanity, I'm going to do that. We don't follow those anymore because Jesus is our sacrifice. Mm-hmm. All right. So now we have the moral law yep. and the moral law as the, you read in the Bible, I believe it says, but it's like on everyone's hearts, right? Mm-hmm. God says we'll write our, our, his laws on our hearts. And so there's an aspect where everyone has a moral law. Like you don't have to teach a kid that lying is bad if he gets, if he lies and he gets caught, you can say, hey, did you lie? And he'll like be ashamed and sad yeah. and say, yeah. And no one told him to feel that way. He just does naturally because mm-hmm. we know some part of us innately knows that we're going against what God has called us to. Yeah. And so I would say in that aspect, we don't get rid of homosexuality because that would, in my opinion, be part of the moral law where God has outlined in our heart. God has given us some understanding of outline in our hearts, like what leads to life and what doesn't. And yeah. because it doesn't lead to life. God, it's like, hey, that's not going to be good for you at the end. And, and the reason God doesn't want us to have that, although it might be enjoyable for a, a certain percentage of the population, is ultimately it's not going to bring life physically, but it's also not going to bring life to the person emotionally or mentally or spiritually, right? God's laws that he gives humanity are always for promoting life and the flourishing of humanity. Mm-hmm. Like if every human obeyed God perfectly, we'd have a, a great society. But mm-hmm. we don't because we're sinners and we mess up. Yeah. But... Yeah, I would just say, like, the reason we... And also, it's a repeat of the New Testament. So, I don't... I could, like, ignore that whole Leviticus thing and then bring up test, New Testament scripture. Mm-hmm. And then that argument wouldn't go very far anyways. Right, right, But right. giving weight to that. We can get there in a second, too. Yeah. Yeah. But I would say, like, yeah, like, there's a moral law that you... That, that everyone's accountable to. Mm-hmm. And we have these impulses. And that doesn't mean they're from God. It just means mm-hmm. we have them. And we're human. And we're in a fallen world. Yeah. And also, society might have some influence on impulses. Because society disciples us on how to behave without us even knowing that we're being yeah. disciples. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Nature's everything. Yeah, right. definitely. So going off this um, this sort of Leviticus topic, we've talked about it pretty thoroughly. Um, we'd love to hear you guys' comments um, later. But let's move to sort of the New Testament. Let's say um, we, we gave up this topic and we said, okay, based off of your opinion, you could translate this verse to mean pedophilia. So now homosexuality in the Old Testament, at least in this verse, not including maybe Sodom. Say we give up Sodom, the Sodom verses as well, right? Where mm-hmm. they were trying to have sex with this uh, this the, guy, the right? Angels. Right. Um, say we give up all of that, right? And we just say, well, that's just an evil thing they did, and it was just about rape. It wasn't about being homosexual in Sodom and Gomorrah or in Sodom. And then we say um, that this Leviticus verse isn't applicable anymore or is about pedophilia. Um, now let's move move on to something else, right? Okay. And so I want to talk about an answer to that, right? So if we give that up or if, say, we don't change someone's mind or they don't agree with our perspective on that verse and they still want to say, well, we think that verse means pedophilia, how would we respond to that, right? I think there's sort of two ways, and we can dive into these. 
Um, there's one sort of the natural order of things at the beginning of creation, mm-hmm. and then also New Testament verses, which we can get into as well. Yeah. And people could differ on how we um, how we are going to interpret the New Testament verses. Um, I have them all pulled up here, or a few of them pulled up here. Um, but maybe we could talk about um, the origins of the universe first a little bit and how God created everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah? I think it's very <clears throat> interesting. Um, we even see this from, like, the, the law, right? That the law was sort of progressive when it was given to the Israelites. It was for the culture and the time that they were in, and it didn't stray super far from the time they were in. The law wasn't perfect and wasn't an absolute standard of morality, in my opinion. The absolute standard of morality, I think, was based off of the very beginning, right? There's equality at the very beginning. We see the family set up at the very beginning. Right, we see um, respect like set up at the very beginning. We see like these moral standards being set up, and then in the law, we see like some of those things sort of being broken, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not like an absolutely perfect law, and that's because God knows how to work with the people that's not perfect. And the term is called progressive morality. And so we see now, even even Jesus like went against some of the things said in the law. Um, well, I would disagree. Okay, no, talk about it. Um. I would say Jesus didn't go against the law that God gave, mm-hmm. but what happened between, so Israel went into exile around like 600 BC or no, 586 mm-hmm. BC. And they were like, they went to exile and they, it's like, they're like, Oh man, we screwed up. And mm-hmm. so between like that 586 and around year, depending on how you interpret when Jesus was born, mm-hmm. it's like four BC or four AD around that time, the turn of the century when Jesus showed up around those like 400 years, there was, um, the Pharisees and Sadducees came on the scene and gave a stronger law mm-hmm. in the mindset of, okay, we messed up the law and we fell away from the law or we broke the law and we were exiled. So let's put a bunch of parameters around it. So then we mm-hmm. never break it again. And hopefully right, right, that'll right. be like us. So he, so the laws, people say like Jesus broke the law. <laughs> Excuse me again. Wow. Um, what that means and how I understand it is he broke the law that man decided to put around God's law, but he never broke God's law. Because if he broke God's law, that would be sin, right? And he didn't sin. What do you say about the the place where he forgives the prostitute or the woman caught in adultery then? Because technically that woman should be stoned, but God forgives right. her. I would go back to First Samuel where it says, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Right. But isn't that mercy Christ's atonement for us? Well, I uh, could be, but he even like... Yeah, I guess, but also Jesus is God, so he can show mercy to who he shows mercy to as well. For sure. And he's not, sure. like, contradicting himself. Like, he wants to show mercy to that person. Mm-hmm. But the whole idea with that whole situation is that crowd was trying to get Jesus in a pinch because they right, didn't bring right. the man before him. And they right. didn't, the, like, the man just got away scot-free, and that's mm-hmm. also not good. Like, he's supposed to marry her now because yeah, he, yeah. if that happened. Right. Right? And so, because they're, like, like, Jesus wasn't necessarily, like, violating the law. He's just, like, also mm-hmm. calling out, like, you guys aren't trying to manipulate this and try to catch me in a a pinch. Right. So getting getting back on topic a little bit, I still think that there was a progressiveness to the morality set up in the law because obviously, like, we don't stone kids for talking back anymore. Maybe we should. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Like, we don't do those kind of things anymore. Like, a lot of those things, like, they would do such worse things to their children in those situations, such worse things to their slaves, such worse things to all this, uh, these other things. And we we could talk about this forever, and we can do lots of other episodes on it. But the point is, is that, I think that the law was a progressive morality that wasn't the absolute, the absolute standard for morality was what was shown at the beginning and through Jesus Christ. Mm. Um, so I think there's obviously so rules and things we got to follow, 
But, like, my point in saying all of this, right, is that the absolute standard was sort of set at the beginning, like, between a man and a woman and having mm -hmm. equality with each other, right? Yeah. Not that one is above the other um, or vice versa, but that it was a family relationship was based off of a man and a woman, right? Mm -hmm. And so we can go based off of that into the New Testament verses. If that's not enough, we can talk about the verses in the New Testament um, that talk about homosexuality. And um, a big point that I saw some of these authors um, – or theologians, or whatever you want to call them, um, bring up, is that Jesus never talks about homosexuality, and all the apostles never talk about homosexuality. Um, the only person that talks about it, maybe, and they would say that he doesn't talk about it, because um, they interpret these verses differently, but would be Paul. And they Technically, would Paul's an apostle, but... Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> uh, the disciples at, is what yeah, I meant. I'm just looking at technicalities. Um, the disciples... And they would say even Paul, out of his 13 letters, only um, mentioned it in three of them and briefly. And so we can go over those three verses. Well, maybe three times. Oh, three times, sorry. We can go over those those three times that he talks about um, as well. Anything you want to say before we get into reading those? No, I only I was going to say I only found two of the verses, so I don't know. I, I don't okay, know. Maybe yeah. the third. Is, yeah. I don't know. I have um, Romans 1. Okay, that's what I was thinking about, but it doesn't say the word homosexual explicitly. Right, right, right. Okay, right, right. Yeah, that would be, all right, three times. Okay, so I'm going to read this one first, and we can yeah. go back and forth and talk about it. Yeah, so, sure. Romans 1, 26 and 27, starting in 26, says, Because of this, God gave them over to a shameful lust, to shameful lust, even um, their women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, men also abandoned natural relations with women, and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed shameful acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty of their error. So mm -hmm. what, have you, what have you seen about this verse at all? Yeah, so in context, that verse is talking about, just to give the, I know you know, but I'm telling mm -hmm. the audience, right? right. So um, basically, this is just saying, like, everyone knows a God exists. That's mm -hmm. what, He says that earlier in the chapter. He's like, uh, all with our, are mm -hmm. without excuse because God has revealed himself in right, nature. Right. And there, what he's talking about says, and so it starts off and says, because of this. So the because of this is that they were rejecting God. And they were rejecting God and rejecting God. Um, and so because, so God gave them over to their lust of their hearts and to impurity because they kept rejecting him. Mm. Right? And so in a sense, not like God's just like, all right, now you get this and I'm going to be mad at you about it. It's like God pursue, was pursuing people and then they just rejected to the point where he's kind of like, fine, if you don't want me, I'll, I won't, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll stop. Which is in itself a weird version to say like that's love in itself where mm. God like is giving them what they want and what they want is to do their own thing. Yeah. But their own thing leads to in some cases sexual immorality. I would say well in every case sexual morality mm. that just looks differently for different people. Mm. Right? And so this is just saying at least how I see it is like they've a certain group of people has resisted God to the point where he gave them over to their yeah. lust of their flesh. I'm pretty sure this is about Jews specifically I think. And then it goes, because I know the, the template of Romans is like, right. Jews are bad, Jews. Gentiles are bad, yeah. you're all bad, Christ saved you all, all right. of you repent, right? right. right. Um, and then, but there, I like what it says, um, or maybe it's about Gentiles at some point, but chapter 2 says, therefore you have no excuse, every one of you who passes judgment, for in that which you judge another, you condemn yourself, mm -hmm. for you who judge practice the same thing. Mm -hmm. And so what Paul is saying is like, look, all these people are doing these things, and it seems, and God is giving them over to the desires of their flesh, saying... Hey, you don't want me? Fine. You don't have to have me. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll give you what you want. And God like, has, in a way, released how much he's pursuing them. But then Paul looks at the reader and says, 
you are the same as this, so don't get prideful now. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's not to say Christians are like, oh, we're not resisting the will of God. It's like what Paul is saying is mm-hmm. these people are resisting the will of God, and this is why they're acting this way. But Christian, you also resisted the will of God before you were saved. Yeah. You know, so I just want to say that as well, where it's like we don't have room to be prideful about, about mm-hmm. anything. Absolutely. So we can go to the second verse that I have, which is 1 Corinthians 6, 9, mm-hmm. and 11. You got that one? Yeah. Um, so that says, oh, wait, hold on. You want me to read it? Yeah, go for it. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Not to Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexualities, nor thieves, nor the covetous, nor drunkard, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Such were some of you. But you were washed, but you were mm-hmm. sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Spirit of our God. Mm-hmm. And so again, that's saying these people, basically, humanity without God will not inherit the kingdom of God. Yeah. Right? And that's, that actually should speak to us as Christians when we're thinking about the kingdom of God, where there's a whole list of things, right? Mm-hmm. It says, don't be deceived. Fornicators, idolaters, adulterers. If I, this is not about, like, just people in the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. This is about people who, like are like addicted to porn and unrepentant and don't mm. want to care. This is about people who are stealing things or, or lusting after their friends' wives or people who are getting drunk and don't feel convicted or, yeah. and like pe- revilers is like people who like talk out against their authorities. Let's see mm. what that word reviler just means real quick. Um, abusive, uh, a railer. Yeah. Basically just like someone who's, I would say a reviler is like, if mm. you are gossiping about the president, you know, and you don't mm-hmm. care and there's no conviction, right? This is like very serious things that God's like, hey, don't be deceived. People who practice these things without repentance are not going to enter the kingdom of God. And, yeah. you know, and so this is not to say like, because in Christianity, we do this thing where we make homosexuality this like big sin, but like gossip is this little sin. Yeah. Well, God's like, no, I hate it all. I want all of you to repent. Mm-hmm. I love all of you. I want you all to repent. And so this is, should be taken very seriously by all of us to say, okay, is there an area of unrepentance where I need to turn from? And then you might be like, oh, but that political guy, who cares? You're in the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. You have a king who's God before you have a president. You serve Mm -hmm. a king, not the president. You serve the president because you serve the king. But if the president ever asks us to do something ungodly, we Mm -hmm. have to say no. Yeah. And so just an encouragement to the Christian. You're in a kingdom. We submit to the king. We have to listen to him. And so that's, I would, I don't know. I just, I'm going off. You can add some stuff. Yeah. So kind of getting (laughs) back on like the topic of, of what we're talking about. Um, they would say in this verse that this this doesn't mean what actually my translation says, which is um, do not be deceived, adulterers, nor men who have sex with other men. So yours translates it effeminate, and mine mm. mine translates it that way. Um, they would argue that it's translated other ways. It's so- translated as soft in a lot of different contexts. It's translated as effeminate in other contexts, and it's translated men who have sex with other men in um, one other context that it shouldn't be translated that way. And they don't know why the original translators translated it that way. Um, I think it's an interesting, um, I would be willing to give up that one, but I do think that it is translated correctly. Um, it doesn't make a lot of sense that it would be just translated soft. Hmm. So like just translating it, like the word soft, like men who are soft, like doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. The word soft when it's, when it's used as soft, it's talking about clothing. Right. 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 Um, and then if you wanted to say effeminate, like, it doesn't it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, what would the connotation to being effeminate mean? Like, if you just have a guy that's like very feminine, right? Mm-hmm. Um, why is that a sin, right? What is that pointing to in the culture, maybe? Right. Why is being effeminate a sin um, in this context? Right. right? And I'd be okay Within, with saying a using a different word there. Yeah. Right. 
Because it also can be, the word also can mean, like, of a boy kept for homosexual relations with a man, right. of right. A, or of a male who submits his body to unnatural lewdness, or mm-hmm. a male prostitute. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's people who are effeminate without doing any of those things. Mm-hmm. Or, Absolutely. like, they're more, like, what's it called? Um, Not hetero, metro. Mm-hmm. Maybe. But I don't think, yeah, that's not, if you're effeminate, that's not inherently sin. It's the, the context of the word means, like, a male prostitute, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we can move on to the last verse real fast, yeah. which is 1 Timothy 1, 8, and 11. Um, and this says, We know that the law is good if one uses it properly. We also know that the law is made not for the righteous, but for the lawbreakers and rebels, the ungodly and the sinful, the unholy and the ir- um, irreligious, um, for those who kill their fathers or mothers, for murderers, for the sexually immoral, for those practicing homosexuality, um, for slave traders and liars and uh, prejudicers, and for whoever else is co- uh, contrary to the sound doctrine that confirms to the gospel or conforms to the gospel concerning the glory of the blessed God which He entrusted to me. Mm. So that first part of ten, what's it say to you? Um. For the sexually immoral, for those practicing homosexuality, mm. for the slave traders, for liars. Yeah. Mine says for the immoral men and homosexuals and kidnappers. Hmm. But yeah, the immoral men is, again, that word immoral is just male prostitutes. Right. So same. Right. It's the word, if I can if I can try, uh, say it right, uh, arsenokoites. That's the word for homosexual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah in the word. And arsenokoites. Arsenokoites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you said it right. I did? Sicoitis. Yeah, yeah. That's oh, what I was, that here, was look. They have a phonetic spelling right here. Yo, nice. Um, <laughs> I was trying to remember it for this episode so I could say it right, but I always forget it. It's a really long word. But it actually points directly back to the experience in Sodom of the men that were um, wanting to have sex with another man, right? Mm. It, it's at least translated the most times that I found it was like a sodomite. Right, so it would be translated yeah. as a sodomite like, most of the times. You're right there, like, like the number one translation for it in the Strongs is sodomite, right? And so a sodomite would be that person that wanted to have sex with another man. Um, and so I think it's pretty clear, and this may be one of the clearest verses in First Timothy 1, 18, 11, um, that's pointing out to homosexuality being a sin. Mm-hmm. And so it seems to me, like through all of this, these verses, that there is an overwhelming amount of evidence to say that we would, should continue to believe that the act of homosexuality would be a sin, but that the attraction wouldn't be a sin, I would right. say that would be the, the, the view that I would still hold. Now, if someone didn't agree with me on all these verses, um, all three of these New Testament verses, um, the origin story of how man was created in Genesis and the Leviticus verse, um, I would say you would be translating the Bible incorrectly, but I mean, I wouldn't call you like not a Christian anymore, right? Right. I would say you're just translating the Bible differently than me. Now, I don't want to say that to say, like, you're just, you get off scot-free and, like, you're great, right? Right. Because I don't want you to just, like, act on, like, what your your uh, sort of emotional compulsions are and just say, okay, well, I'm going to just go with the other tr- uh, translations of this now uh, or interpretations of this now and just say it's not a sin. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bible says, like, be really careful what you call a sin and what you don't call a sin, right? Mm. You want to be absolutely sure when you're trans or when you're uh, interpreting the Bible, what is correct and what's not correct. And it seems to me like there's an overwhelming amount of information, even on the scholarly level, right? There's a couple scholars that I mentioned, um, Jacob and uh, Nikolai or something like that. I forget his name. 
the guy that I mentioned before, right. whose Root. name was... Was it the Rudder or the... Um, Renato. Renato. Yeah, Renato and Jacob. That guy. Um, both of those guys um, are two scholars that... Um, or have written papers on this subject, right? But they're just two out of a few in the camp of scholars that agree with this line of thinking. And the mass of scholarly work done on the other side of this by people who like only speak Hebrew and know the language so well and are dedicated to truth, right? Like these scholars are usually not super prejudiced. Like they want to find truth and whatever truth is, whatever the like the verses absolutely say is what they want to translate, right? Most of the time they try not to be motivated politically or culturally um, or societally. They just want to translate what the verse said in its proper context um, to the people that it was written for, right? So they're, they're trying not to be their best not to be um, biased when translating these things. So there's this whole group of people, these scholars, from almost all of time when this could be um, – when we at least when we had the Bible, that are on the other side of the argument. So I'd say when you're thinking about this, there may be like an emotional compulsion to have um, empathy with the people that want to say that um, we're interpreting these verses incorrectly and that homosexuality is completely fine. And I'd say that compulsion might be a compulsion to love, possibly, and that could be good. Um, but we don't want to have that compulsion overwhelm what god says in the bible mm. right especially when there's so much evidence to the contrary of those few scholars and i don't want to make i don't want to only base the argument off of well only a few people say this so it must be wrong because there's lots of things only a few people say that are true right but given the um the reputation of all the other scholars that say um the opposite of what these few scholars say um, what the Bible seems to overwhelmingly say, not just in one place, but in a lot of different places, as well as in the creation story. Um, and the creation story doesn't seem to be written um, like just to one culture, right? Um, depending on how you interpret it, of course. There seems to be an overwhelming amount of information on the side of homosexuality. Um, the act of it would still be a sin. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, shoots. I'm satisfied with that. Shoots. I started saying shoots, and that's when I started thinking, I'm getting used to being Hawaiian. <laughs> I'm not Hawaiian, sorry. I'm li- used to living in Hawaii. Yeah, yeah. I never said shoots before. Yeah. But, so, sorry. Yeah, well, just a quick recap, and then we'll... Yeah, so if you disagree with us, totally fine. We still love you. We still think you're our brother and sister in Christ. We would just interpret this verse differently, and we would encourage you to, like, seriously think about what you believe based on the evidence, and don't just take our word for it, because the evidence we gave you was such a dumbed-down version of, like, hours of research that we've done, um, and you could do even more hours of research for yourself. Mm-hmm. It's a very interesting topic. I really had, like, one of the best times I've had in a while researching a certain topic, just because it's so interesting right? The way these things are translated and the cultures that they're written to. Super, super intriguing. Um, To recap a little bit, there's a Leviticus verse that some people think means pedophilia and not actual homosexuality. There are three different verses in the New Testament that people think mean homosexuality, but um, a lot of the LGBT Christian community want to translate as maybe effeminate um, or just not meaning homosexuality at all, maybe meaning just a prostitute or just especially like a, a young, like pedophilia relationship. Right. Um, trying to say that homosexuality is never mentioned in the Bible. Um, based on the research that we've done, we don't think that that's the case. We presented a lot of evidence for that side. 
it'd be great to have someone on maybe that disagrees with us that we could debate and, and talk about it. That might be mm-hmm. fun to do as well. So if you have strong opinions, we'd love to have you on and talk about it. We'd love to hear your comments, um, maybe your concerns as to how we interpret the Bible. Any Anything you want to talk to us about, we'd love to hear it in the DMs. Uh, give us a like, a share. If you thought it was interesting, um, share it with your friends, your family. All we're trying to do with the show is get people's hard questions answered so that they can have a stronger faith in the Lord, right? We want to base our faith, mm-hmm. just like we talked about last week, not only off of experiences, but also on study and knowing who God is, right? Yeah, definitely. So that's been our show. We love you guys. Yeah. Thanks for joining. It's been a long one. Check us out on the social medias. Yep. You know what to do. We got TikTok. Uh, thank you to our supporters and those yep. who financially support us because you were able to purchase this mic, which makes the quality that yep. much better. Yep. And so we're just going to, we're continuing to go grow and uh, make disciples. So, mm-hmm. and you're part of that through your financial support. So thank you guys for yeah. that and have a blessed week. See ya. Adios. Adios.